we are anxious, I think we can establish that. Whenever I post this question, I get varying degrees of responses, but this time the response was about 95% of responders saying they are feeling heightened anxiety. So let's do some work on how to manage anxiety flow style. Welcome to the Flow Podcast, y'all. It is Kelly Wolf, your humble host, here to help you find love over worry. All right, you guys. I asked a question on Instagram about whether or not people were feeling heightened anxiety, which, truth be told, I kind of think I know the answer. I talked to enough people in my days to hear themes, and there's no doubt a theme of heightened anxiety. Even talking to my therapist, who said they were experiencing heightened anxiety, which I deeply appreciate, by the way, in the people in the helping fields being able to admit where we all are. I have a sort of unique experience here because I can see. And I, I can also feel through other people, but I am not in the uh, deep intensity of what I think people are feeling, especially in the United States right now. I know there are listeners from all over the world, and I can only imagine that people all across the world are watching um, what is happening in the United States right now. And I can imagine that it is quite jarring. Um, I think that there are varying degrees of of how much attention gets paid. And I can tell just being in Canada right now that it's not the, you know, highest topic of conversation. Although let's be honest, it's not like I'm having conversations everywhere because we are still in a lockdown here. So I'm not seeing people enough to have these conversations, which is why it's so important to uh, kind of reach out on social media platforms and check in on people and see how everybody's doing um, and get a gauge for it. But I say all of that to say that um, it seems pretty obvious to me that people are going to feel heightened anxiety right now. Uh, clearly, there is every reason to feel a bit of heightened anxiety right now. And I don't think I need to replay all of the reasons that you may be feeling that. Um, let me just validate that it is completely reasonable and rational for you to be feeling heightened anxiety if you are right now. And if you aren't feeling, I would say, anxiety, but you feel something, can't quite put your finger on it, because I do hear that too, um, you're probably intaking sort of that collective energy that feels pretty intense right now. So if we decided to take, let's say we take politics off the table and decide that that isn't the big thing, I also want to validate that when uh, we first discovered that COVID was around, it's been almost a year. Um, it actually has been a year for some places in the world, but, but almost a year for most of the United States to have really kind of taken this in. 
um, and to, you know, all across the board be in varying degrees of lockdown. And if you happen to be somebody who is ignoring that recommendation, I feel like you're feeling things too. Um, even if you've decided that you are ignoring these things and you're not going to uh, participate in the collective agreement that science is real and that we should all be doing our best to help one another, you too are going to be feeling the energetic responses that come from one, that choice, and two, just generally what's happening with everybody. But here's the other thing. For we did this because we're humans and we can't help ourselves, but we love markers. You know, we love goals, we love markers, we love endings and beginnings, we love rituals. You know, these these are things that have been embedded in the human experience pretty much since we have documented the beginning of, of human experience where we can see things. You know, even the markings in, in cave writings had ritualistic kind of concepts, things that we clearly did, you know, around fires or at big moments of coming of age, getting married, becoming, starting a partnership, et cetera. So I think what happened uh, with COVID is that we had kind of created this conversation that this was 2020. 2020 was a real dumpster fire. And just, you know, get to the end of 2020. Now, I will say this with the caveat, I have never run a marathon. My husband has run a marathon. I was with him when it happened. I watched the marathon. I also watched the people after the marathon. And it's pretty freaking intense, guys. I mean, like, I'm going to say that was, that's no joke running a marathon. And I can promise you that if somebody said to any of those people, including my husband, oh, you know what? Just kidding. There's still 10 more miles. I'm going to guess that most, I'm not going to say all, but most of them probably one couldn't do it, um, would have had a meltdown, would have gotten scared, depressed, or just literally shut down and given up. So that's kind of what I think we unintentionally did psychologically with 2020. We said, get to the end of 2020 and you will get to the end of this marathon that is COVID. Well, guess what, folks? Not, not, not true. And if anything, it's really, I think, more pertinent than ever to continue to stay centered, focused, caring about your neighbors, caring about yourself, because there is an end to this. Now, when that is, I don't really know, but there is an end. We do have a strategy and a plan to get to the other side of this. COVID as its own entity isn't going to last forever. However, I want to add this to the conversation. It doesn't matter if it's COVID, if it's politics, if it's whatever. If your operating system is in a way that can grab on to uh, the stressors at hand, then that will consistently be a roller coaster throughout your life. Again, I always have to give this caveat. I am not talking about trauma, okay? Not talking about trauma, and I am not talking about severe and legitimate mental health disorders. Those need very specific and careful care. I am a huge fan of trauma work with an astute 
trained therapist. So let me just put that over here on the back burner. I am talking about if you are the kind of person, and P.S., most of us are, who, you know, we're just reacting to what is happening around us at any given time. This is where this is important. If we begin to change our internal operating system and we have some tools at hand that can give us a way to ground in at any given moment, then we're not going to consistently be the passenger. We're going to be the driver. And that's really what I want to talk about. So I just want to throw this concept to you and have you think about it for a minute. Okay, so let's go back. I don't know. Let's go back two years, let's say. Okay, I'm being random here. Your life's going to be different. Everybody's life's going to be different. So, but let's go back two years and um, you're feeling stressed. You're feeling overworked. You're feeling overcommitted. You are just straight up exhausted. It's been so much stuff. You've been like president of the PTA. You've also been running your own business. Um, you had, you hosted three baby showers. Okay. So guys, we're talking years ago. All right. A couple years ago, but just that sense of overwhelm. And you say, okay, we're going to take a vacation and you plan this incredible vacation and you go on this incredible vacation and it is amazing. And you feel that great reset and you put your feet in the ocean and you're reading books and you have no responsibilities and everybody's been really cool about giving you that space. And you come back home and probably in about a week, two, maybe three weeks, you fall back into the pattern that you were in prior to the vacation. Tell me if that has ever happened to you. And if it has, then you would deeply benefit from rewriting your operating system into doing flow work, into doing whatever that spiritual training is that will help you to not get get and fall into those traps. So what I'm trying to sort of guide you up to, obviously, what is happening in the United States, what is happening in a lot of places around the world, but in what's happening with COVID as well, is going to create a collective sense of heightened anxiety. And it can border on trauma if it hasn't already had like big T trauma for you embedded inside of this experience and even in 2020. So 2020 for any individual person could have had incredible traumas, both big and little. And also we all had the collective experience that we're having. But the reason that I want to bring up the idea of a couple of years ago is to remind you that the journey is the destination. There is no end to the human experience in whatever forms it comes. There's no end to having varying different challenges. That will never end. It isn't supposed to. And frankly, we don't really want it to. You know, the beauty of life and even the the challenges that we face to me are these constant invitations to go deeper into ourselves, to go deeper into the work and to see what more we can do, what more we can do to really suck the marrow out of this one beautiful and precious life that we have. So even when things are upside down, you know, when things are out of our control, enormously out of our control, there are still things that can be done to keep us centered. And I know I've used this reference a lot and I'll use it again because I think it's an important one to remember. 
the time where I truly got this in my bones was on my first trip to South Africa. And we went to Robben Island. Robben Island is the place where Nelson Mandela was held as a prisoner for 27 years. And I saw the cell that he stayed in. And it is very small, um, very, very small for 27 years, had a wife and children. I read many of the letters that he wrote from there. And something occurred to me in that moment that here's a man, I want to say he was possibly in his late thirties, I think. Uh, Again, I'm not positive about that, but had a family, had a wife, was a very passionate um, person, was doing a lot of work um, at that point. And here he is in this prison cell for 27 years. Now, how does that individual come back out being a more evolved, passionate person who changes the course of history? This is the question, guys. So how if, and, and here's the thing, if anybody can do anything, then everybody can do anything. Did you catch that? We're no different. There's nothing different between me, you, and Nelson Mandela. It's really about our mindset. It's really about how we're choosing to operate inside the life that we are given. And granted, my deep prayer is that people do not have to go through what he had to go through. Um, And I don't think that you do. But what we can do is take what seems like really big things and we can bring them back to a place of centering and flow and clarity. And also perspective is key. I was lucky to have a father who was an archeologist who whenever things feel really out of control, his reminder to me is when you understand the arc of human history and how challenging so many experiences have been for humans for as long as we know about, we can start to put perspective around what may or may not be happening in our own lives. That really, I mean, this might be depressing, but I I find it invigorating that this is the journey. This is it. Um, It isn't supposed to be a constant hammock on the beach. And I can almost guarantee you that if it was, you'd be bored. You would, you'd be bored. So what can we do here? All right. Now listen, guys. Okay. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm like getting squishy over here. There are three things, three things that I have talked about ad nauseum, and I'm going to say them again. And the reason that I am keying up here is because I know the impact that they can have on your life. And I know how they can change your mind. That is why they're important to me. They are the three M's. They are munch, move, and meditate. Y'all, this is the Fisher-Price section of this podcast because I'm pretty sure most of us in this community get it, but I'm going to say it again for the people in the back because here's the deal. You might get it, but you might not be doing it. Okay. Sometimes we get it, but we don't do it. I'm going to say, let's do it. Munch, move, meditate. Before we even get into the deeper, more complex tools that you can put into your life, start with that. When you wake up in the morning, something nourishing, not a donut, something that has 
brain power in it that is going to give you stamina, that is going to give you energy, something, anything, don't care. And if you're those people who are like, oh, I hate breakfast. Okay, fine. Then have it when your body feels like at 9am, 10am, I don't care, whatever. But when you begin your day, whatever your day is, you need to nourish your body. You are not a cactus. You're a human. And we do know something about humans. You, you, you need food. We can't, I'm sorry. We can't get away from that. You need food and you need real food. So yes, I'm going to be momming you right now, but you need food that can nourish you. Here's some ideas. Yogurt and berries. Guys, I love an RX bar. It's not an ad. I just do. I love it. It's simple for me. It's easy. I can grab it and go. Um, you can have a smoothie. You can have a peanut butter ball. That recipe is on my website. Um, so easy. You can have a banana. Guys, I know I'm being silly right now, but if you've just forgotten, even sometimes we can forget. And I work with enough people, enough clients who truly with, with, with being completely sincere, they'll say, no, I don't. I don't really, I don't really do that. Maybe they eat dinner, but they don't eat breakfast. All right. That's number one. You need some nourishment. Number two, move your body. Please, please send me an email if you are a person who feels or cannot, I shouldn't say feels, but cannot move. I have been there. I know what it is. I know what it feels like. And I, I, I get it. So you're not who I'm talking to today. Um, my compassion runs deep. It is terrifying to feel that feeling. There's more that you can do, but I'm not going to talk about that today on this podcast, but I am going to talk to those of you who can move and maybe choosing not to move. So I don't want to overcomplicate it. We've lived in a culture for a long time that will have you believe that you need to be in um, an orange theory class or, or, or some, I wanted to say Tybo. That is so not what's happening anymore, but you know, something hardcore. Great. I think those are fabulous, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I need you to move your body. I need you to walk down the street and back up the street. That's it. Maybe you do that 10 times. Maybe you can walk even further than that. I'm going to double down on if you could walk outside even better. If you can't, that's fine. Walk on a treadmill. If you can't even do that, walk around your sofa, walk in place, but move your body. If you do have the stamina, the, the ability, the capacity to do even more than that, great. To get your heart rate pumping would be amazing. But I really don't want to make it too complicated because the problem is if we've decided that our quote unquote workout is, you know, orange theory and then orange theory closes, would your pattern then be to do nothing? That's what I want to be careful about because that is just a trap and we want to watch out for that. There's no rules that you have to do the hardest, biggest, craziest workout to move your body. All you really have to do is go pick up your mail. Maybe do it a few times if possible. But again, the key here is to move. You really, it's really important. And as a matter of fact, if you recently, this is great, uh, on Dak Shepard's podcast, uh, the armchair expert, one of my favorites, he had Sanjay Gupta on who just wrote a book called Keeping Clear. No, something like that. But he was talking about the neurobiology of our brains and how we can maintain high brain levels into our older years. And he really said there's kind of three primary things, which is get in nature, move your body, and talk to somebody. Okay, so I'm going to add something here in a minute. For 
just because I th- it's important, especially for right now. Munch, we did that. Move, we did that. Meditate. My friend Molly has said to me in the past, she'd like to add an extra M, which stands for mingle. <laughs> That's where we get to add in the talking to somebody else. So I'm going to give just a couple little shots here. One, yes, talking to somebody. So what could be beautiful is could you walk outside on the phone, call a friend and ask them to do the same thing with you? That would be amazing. That would be, that would really be an ideal situation. Okay. If you cannot do that, but you say could listen to a podcast or a conversation that can also do and open up the same parts of your brain that need that place of connection. Okay. So that could be your second step. If you also cannot do that, let's use that time for mindfulness. So mindfulness, this is where I put munch, move and meditate all in the same container. Meaning you can do all three of those things in less than 30 minutes of your day. Okay. So the munch, whatever can be a bar. It doesn't matter. Move while you're moving. You can be meditating, meaning You can use mindfulness while you're moving. You can listen to something while you're moving. We can put these all in one really tight bow. So whatever you need to accomplish in your day, um, I'm going to challenge you to come up with 30 minutes. I bet you have 30 minutes that you can give to this. All right. Y'all have heard me say it. I'm probably preaching to the Pope, but it bears importance to say one more time, the three M's with an addendum of mingle. We can't mingle in person, but you can mingle on the phone. Okay. (laughs) All right. Next. This is important. Need y'all to hear it. It is part of flow. It's incredibly crucial. And like I said, if all you do is the three M's, I think that's a wonderful starting point. And I bet you will watch your anxiety drop significantly just from doing that 30 minutes. I, I, I'd be willing to bet pretty much anything. Send me a message. Tell me about it. I want to hear about it. Gratitude. This is your next step. This is where we find love over worry. Now, y'all have heard me say this again, or say this before. I'm going to say it again. Worry doesn't serve you. Fear can serve you. Um, trauma can happen and, and serve you. Worry doesn't serve you. Worry is looped thinking. It doesn't have any action attached to it. Okay. So you can still have the thought, maybe it's a fear thought. Now, what is your action? When you drip into worry, you're starting to just repeat those fears and anxieties on a loop. That's where worry comes into the party. And the way to stop it is to replace it with a love and gratitude concept, thought, or action. That is how you stop it. So what I do, and I, I will offer this to you, especially during times of heightened anxiety, is once I've done my three M's, I do some type of gratitude journaling. Sometimes I just say it out loud because I'm too lazy to pull out a journal. Uh, say it under my breath when I'm walking through my house. Say it in my shower. Um, just saying the things because the more that we retrain our brain, the more that we bring that into the forefront, the more likely you are to go to that as your default. How did you learn how to drive? Did you know how to drive the second you sat behind the wheel or did somebody have to tell you? And how many times did you press the brake before the gas and the gas before the brake? 
did somebody have to tell you and explain it to you? And then how many times did you have to do it until it became your default? Do you now hit the brake when somebody says hit the brakes? Or do you slam on the gas when somebody says hit the brakes? So what we want to do is we want to create default programming. Default programming. So when you when you are drifting into worry, that your default goes, okay, hold on a second. I'm worrying. I'm looped thinking about X. So I need to stop the train from leaving the station. Now you might have that first worry thought or fear thought come in if you can take action about the thing. So I don't want to get into examples today. You get me. Whatever it is that you are looping on, if there is an action that you can take, then it is a value, but the looping's not a value. Hope we all get that one. When you can consistently put down gratitude, love, appreciation, it changes the internal chemistry. Why do we want to keep doing that? Because the world is always going to throw you curveballs. There's always going to be things that are complicated. Granted, this has been a very special kind of complicated. It's hopefully not this relentless for the foreseeable future. But even when this lets up, the current climate, if it lets up, there will be things in your life that are challenging and things that will cause you hurt and trauma and suffering. And if you have tools that you can default to, then you can help to save yourself. And why do we want to do that? Well, obviously, because we are um, hopefully deeply in love with ourselves and know that we deserve it. But step two is the big picture is if we can't take care of ourselves, if we don't love ourselves, we can then not be of service. And if we really want to see the world change, we all have to turn into a place where we can be in love with ourselves so that we can love our neighbor so that we can be of service. Any ailment you see across the world right now, I don't mean like uh, virus ailment, I mean spiritual ailment comes from a place of not loving oneself. If that place is left to have some other thing take it over, it can turn into some ugliness that I think we're seeing over and over and over again. So this is your job. Your job is to love yourself enough to do these things so that you can then love others so that they can then love others so that we can be of service to one another. That's the big idea. That's the big idea. Okay, so just to recap, start with munch, move, meditate. Munch, move, meditate. Remember, meditation isn't complicated. It can be any quieting of the mind or it doesn't have to be quieting of the mind. It can be mindfulness, which is you observing your surroundings. So for instance, when I go for a walk, if I'm in a looped mind space, I will say things that I see around me. That will help you to get back into the present moment. Gratitude. Journaling is great, but doesn't have to happen that way. Um, here's a good example for you that I'll give you this as a last example. 
Um, I went skiing the other day. For those of you who've been here for a while, I'm a new skier. Yes, yes. I know I'm super proud of myself that I keep trying and I'm working um, towards it. So there was a moment where I was like, I was, my body was really, really hurting. And if you know about me, I have EDS and I was starting to be afraid that one of my knees was going to dislocate. It felt like it was going to, and I was getting scared. And that's where my thoughts were going. I was thinking about that. Okay. What would then happen? And what would then happen? Okay. So you see, I'm on the looped thought train. I'm not taking any action. I'm just looping in my thoughts. So what I did, because I wasn't able, there's no action to be taken at that particular moment other than stopping on a mountain where nobody is because they had turned everything off and everybody was in front of me. So long story, but just picture me, I'm alone out there for the most part. So I'm now looping what I did. And it was kind of funny because obviously if anybody would have come upon me, they'd have been like, ah, somebody's losing their mind. But because I was just sort of had this freedom up on this mountain, nobody was around me. I started saying them really loud, out loud. I said, my body is so powerful. I am so brave. I am so strong. I will only get stronger. I will not let my body go into a place of despair. I will um, see the trees. I'm so grateful that I'm out here. I'm so grateful that my kids are in front of me. I'm so grateful that my husband is here. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I'm just, I'm like screaming these things coming flying down this mountain. And all of a sudden, everything shifts. My whole being shifts. I feel completely different. Nothing changed, right? And and as soon as I I finished that day, of course, I still felt the sensation in my body that was hurting prior to that. But my, my, my mind was in a completely different place. And I'm just going to say this because I think it's, it's worth saying. In this, in historically, when I had done things that really challenged my body, I told a story that that was going to be really bad for me for a few days or maybe even a few weeks, that I would tell this story. So what I did the other day was I said, no, it's, I'll meet my body where it is tomorrow, but I'm not going to decide that it's already going to be degraded tomorrow. I'm not going to decide that I'm going to be suffering and in pain tomorrow. I'm going to see what it is tomorrow instead of deciding today. And somehow the next day, I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like I skied for six hours um, in pizza, which is like where you basically bend your knees in so that you keep your legs from you know, you don't go too fast. But anyway, so I, I felt that, which is a very reasonable thing to feel, but I didn't feel the other thing that I have in the past, which I believe can also be connected to the way that I had been thinking about it. So again, here's the, here's the representation and the example of how our thoughts are also affecting our bodies and how your thoughts can be affecting your anxiety. Again, just disclaimer, you are absolutely right and should, for all intents and purposes, feel heightened anxiety. It is so okay. So because there are lots of reasons for it. And I don't want to, for one second, push that aside. What I do want to do is remind us that we have tools, no matter how complicated our circumstances are, that can pull us back to a place of flow. All right, guys, I love you. 
Have a beautiful day and report back. I want to hear about your progress. Thank you guys for spending this time with me. I am so grateful. And if you would be so kind to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, it helps me so much and it means so much to me. Thank you so much. I I read every message that you leave and it fills my heart with so much joy. I love this community beyond words. And for now, I am still creating these podcasts free of any sponsorships. Not saying that will always be the case, but for today, that will be the case. And the way you can help me out is to rate, review, and subscribe. So thank you. Oh, and screenshot this and post it on your Instagram. Tell your friends about it. That is hugely beneficial and we can help more people to flow with us.